We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Excuse me. Did you hear the um, thunder and lightning this morning? Thunder and lightning. There's something kind of weird about thunder and lightning on a... On a weekday morning. I don't know what it is, but it seemed I can only remember it happening at night or on weekends. Not on a weekday morning. It was thundering, lightning. Dogs were scared all over the place. And um, it's fine. It's over now. Overcast. I love a cloudy day. And uh uh-oh, horror movie on TV on all the channels right now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. The January 6th hearings continue. They've made it a total joke. I, this is a Republican in name only, only, literally, Rhino Liz Cheney just avenging her family. They've got some beef with the Trumps going way back, probably to when he called out the Iraq war for the stupid, stupid catastrophe that it was. I want to hear Liz just for a moment. Fortunately, she will be a former member of Congress very soon. People in Wyoming can't stand her. Listen to this. Before the Federalist Society, a group of conservative lawyers... This week, Pence, that President Trump said I had the right to overturn the election. But President Trump is wrong. Oh, I had no right to overturn the election. The presidency belongs to the American people and the American people alone. And frankly, there is no idea more on American than the notion that any one person could choose the American president. What the president wanted the vice president to do was not just wrong. It was illegal and unconstitutional. We will hear many details in today's hearing, but please consider these two points. Oh, yeah? First, President Trump was told repeatedly that Mike Pence lacked the constitutional and legal authority to do what President Trump was demanding he do. Not everybody agreed this with that. This is testimony from Mark Short. The vice president's oh! chief of staff. Mark Short who said served so. in the Trump administration in multiple positions over four years. UTIs are the worst. I've been there. One year, I had eight UTIs. If you get UTIs, then you understand how awful the cycle can be. I was taking all the precautions. And cranberry products, they just never worked for me. I was desperate for a way to be proactive. It was hard on me and on my husband. It was tough to see you're in pain, and I wanted to help. I'm Jenna. And I'm Spencer. With Spencer's background in biochemistry. And our shared frustration when it came to UTIs, we were inspired to start Eucora. At Eucora, we make innovative urinary tract supplements and UTI relief products. Our effective urinary tract supplements finally give you a way to be proactive. Feel like you've tried everything? We get it. We have a money-back guarantee so you can try risk-free. 
If you're not happy, you'll get a full refund. We're on a mission to help women get their lives back. Ready to join them? Go to Ucora.com today. Ucora.com. Who the hell is Mark Short? Who cares what he thinks? Turn it off. Now listen, and, and Pence is playing a game as well. We weren't talking about, no, you don't overturn the election. You send the electoral votes back to Harrisburg, the capital of Pennsylvania. You send them back to Arizona, Wisconsin, Michigan, Georgia, the places where there are all kinds of shenanigans. You had the time two weeks before Inauguration Day. Are you sure everything's okay with this? Are you sure? Are you sure? Because we're not so sure. And if they send them back and they're certified, okay. There was discretion. All right? A bunch of people. Mark Short says no. Man, Liz is so swamped. One more time. Let me hear the rest. She's almost done, I think. 2021. What exactly did President Trump know? When exactly did President Trump know that it would be illegal for Mike Pence to refuse to count electoral votes? Shut up. Stop saying illegal. Turn it back up. By one of the witnesses before us today, the vice president's general counsel. Did John Eastman ever admit, as far as you know, in front of the president that his proposal would violate the Electoral Count Act? Uh, I believe he did on the 4th. That was January 4th. Two days before the attack on Congress. Hey, wait a second. What the hell else was said? Shut up. Enough. This is is a joke. This is why the American people are not interested. The guy sits there for five hours, and you just played three seconds from him. I think that was on the 4th, maybe. What? What was on the 4th? What about it? It was a long discussion. Have you ever read the Electoral Count Act of 1887? Right. Nobody has. Okay? Actually, I have. It's complex, it's confusing, it's open to interpretation, and a lot of us believe that, oh, Mike Pence, that wooden totem pole, could have done all kinds of things. But he's not a creative guy, he's also a swamp figure, he's, oh yeah, he's he's a young man, he's not rich, what is he, 60? He wants to make money. Turn up the volume one more time. He a statement on January 5th and 6th, explaining that he could not illegally refused to count electoral votes. He said this to his staff. I mean, the vice president said, this may be the most important thing I ever said. And this so this meaning the statement? The statement. And he really wanted to make sure that it was just so. You will hear today that President Trump's White House counsel believed that the vice president did exactly the right thing on January 6th. As did others in the White House. Am I the only one who has heard of lawyers disagreeing with each other? Right? I mean, judges can disagree with each other. Sometimes these cases make their way to that, oh, what's it called again? Mm, Oh, yeah, the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court. They've got nine. Why do they have nine? It's an odd number. So there will never be, if there's disagreement, they'll always have a majority, right? Five to four. You can't have a split. You can't have... Four, you can't have 4.5 versus 4.5. We got five, four decisions all the time. This is very unfair. This is very silly. They're trying to tarnish Trump all over again. This is the, what is it, the fifth impeachment attempt? I mean, this is, wow. Good for you, Trump. Good for you, Mr. President. This means you're onto something. 
We know when we're being, what do they love to say in the mainstream media? Gaslit! This is gaslighting! Gaslighting. Just like they gaslit us with uh, Jesse Smollett, just like they continue to gaslight us with Jeffrey Epstein. Jeffrey Epstein. Jeffrey Epstein killed himself. (laughs) No. No, 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 no. Hey, it's Thursday. Three-day weekend. Why is there a three-day weekend? Think hard. You know what's coming up? The second annual Juneteenth holiday. Please call me and let me know what the hell Juneteenth is. Nobody really knows what it is. And oh, by the way, from a historical perspective, it is a little bit more uh, convoluted and confusing than they freed the slaves. No, it's it's a little bit. There's more to it than that. And there are multiple Juneteenths and all kinds of. Anyway, I think that holiday should bring all Americans together, something that we can all rally around, like the birth of the country, July 4th, right? But no, that's so unfashionable now. No, 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 no. So uncool, this systemically racist country. We got to divide it. You know, Donald, what's his name? Uh, Joe Biden got there in 1972. He didn't say Juneteenth once in his entire career. Not once in his entire career until uh, somebody told him, hey, this is a hot button issue. We can use it to uh, divide people and fire them up. Really? Yeah. All right. What is it? They explained it to him and he still doesn't know. Um a lot of people don't know. That's okay. Hey, <laughs> they're they're showing the footage again of Mike Pence. Mike Pence was in danger. All right, one moment. Go turn it up one more time. Bring out Pence! People chant all kinds of ugly stuff all the time. Why is this? Uh, why are they trying to make this go down in history? Hey, by the way, Trump will go down in history, history, as one of the greatest presidents, and one of the reasons. Like basically, historians in like a hundred years, they're going to look back, and historians they always want to make a name for themselves. They also they don't want to go with the general conventional wisdom, and when they look back at this era and they have to go through all the fake news. And everybody will be saying what a crummy president he was, right? All the New York Times, all the fake news, the media. But they'll be able to look at the speeches. They'll be able to actually look at the decisions. They'll have to look at the paperwork, the actual official paperwork. And they will know that they got it all wrong. This has happened. This happens all the time with history. You know, Truman in his time was considered a disaster of a president. Remember, Dewey was supposed to beat him and Truman by some miracle one, but Truman was really a dead man walking for most of his presidency. And uh, now history is very kind to Truman. Thanks to that guy. Who's the dude? He looks like he looks like he's George Washington. Um, uh, McCullough. McCullough is this uh, very, very august, very, what's the word? Avuncular looking type of guy. And he wrote the book on Truman. And now everybody loves Truman. There will be such a book on Donald Trump. Believe me. Believe me, there will be. Hey, are you guys watching my new Newsmax show at 10 o'clock? Uh, I know you've probably been blown away by the marketing campaign that seems to be everywhere and sweeping the nation. But uh, there are a few of you who don't know yet that it's on at 10 o'clock here in New York. Um, that would be mm, if you're in Hawaii, that would be 4 o'clock. If you're in London, that's 3 in the morning. In California, it's 7 Eight o'clock Mountain and uh, wait a second. No, I got that wrong. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nine o'clock Central. All right. Thank you. Ten o'clock and um, ooh, ooh. 
He's making stuff up again. Talk about being gaslit. This whole thing in Idaho, do you know about it? A bunch of white supremacists were caught in Idaho. Now, I hate white supremacists, but you know what? If you want to be a white supremacist, you're kind of allowed to. I mean, I don't like it. If you want to be a hateful, stupid person, it is a free country. Something weird's going on here. Do me a favor. Cut 40. Cut 40, if you don't mind. I don't have to tell you about the ultra-MAGA agenda attacking families and our freedoms. 300 discriminatory bills introduced in states across this country. In Texas, knocking on front doors to harass and investigate parents who are raising transgender children. In Florida, going after Mickey Mouse, for God's sake. Uh, A very easy liberal laugh line. Now, this is about protecting kids, all right? We don't want strangers. We don't want, you know, now that I have children, I don't want some woke teacher talking to my daughters about their gender and their orientation. That's pretty straightforward, simple stuff. I'm going to be the person as the father to have those conversations, not the state, okay? That's pretty straightforward, isn't it? Yeah, of course it is. Um, ultra MAGA, he calls us ultra MAGA. Oh, and here he goes with this, uh, this weird thing in Idaho. Do we have it here? Um, give me the thing about, uh, yeah, here we go. Cut 41. Just look at what happened in Idaho last weekend. 31 white supremacists stopped just before they reached the pride celebration where they apparently planned to unleash violence on people gathering peacefully in a show of their pride. I'm grateful for their swift response of law enforcement. And they responded. They responded. Swift response to what, exactly? Swift response to what? Now, number one, I'm not convinced that these are genuine white supremacists, but even if they are, they're free to walk around, to drive, to do whatever the hell it is they're doing if they're not breaking the law. This is where it gets really strange. So they were arrested because somehow it was known that they intended to riot. They intended to cause a disturbance. I have no problem, by the way, if the FBI was embedded in this group, somehow knew their plans and was working undercover. Quite frankly, I I encourage that. I like that. They should be out there. But they are not to be reporting legal activity, like talking about stuff. Okay, you in this kind of situation, you would have the cops there ready if they started rioting when the moment they cause trouble, you arrest them. That's how it's supposed to work. But to preemptively and proactively get them doing something. No, that's um, I think that violates their constitutional rights, quite frankly. And the only person who was actually engaged in violence, it turns out, was a transgender individual. America hates white supremacy, but you actually are free to be as dumb as you want. You know where I saw that? You know how I know that the most? Um, The Blues Brothers, Jake and Elwood. Oh, man, that was great. What a great movie. Do you remember they're, they're driving around trying to get the band back together? And then who do they come upon? They're in a big traffic jam because the Illinois Nazi Party won their court case so they could protest. Remember that? And those idiots get out there, the Illinois Nazis, and they're saying the most vile, hateful stuff. 
and everybody's yelling and screaming and shouting at him, all right? Because that's how America feels about Nazis. Cut 43. You are going to join with us, the members of the American Socialist White People's Party, an organization of decent, law-abiding white folk just like you. Just like you. Decent law of white folk. Come on. And what did Jake and Elwood do? They hit the gas and run them right off the bridge. That's America. We don't like these folks. Don't say, Joe Biden, that we ultra MAGA. I like ultra MAGA. But then you take it. Then you go too far, right? We're all bigots. We're all white supremacists. Way to go unifying us. I got to take a quick break. In the squadron, they called him Bullets. But we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You notice they don't have these January 6th hearings on in prime time. That was actually a disaster. Don't believe the 20 million people watching hype. And now they brought in some broken down former judge. And they're pretending that he's the Supreme Court. It's his opinion. His name is Michael Ludig Ludig. And by the way, multi-multi-millionaire. He made big money. He worked for uh, a lot of big corporations. I think he was at Boeing for a while. And he never got to the Supreme Court. He hates that he was not on the Supreme Court. Now he's uh, looks to me like a pretty bitter guy, and he's trying to tell everybody what it's like. Oh, and there's one of the Capitol Hill cops right behind him. Let me hear this just for a moment. But it's not merely the profound truth for the United States. It's also the simple truth, the simple foundational truth of the American Republic. Thus, in my view, uh, the hearings being conducted by this select committee are examining that profound truth. Huh? Spit it out! The rule of law in the United States of America. The specific question, of course, before you and before the nation, not before me, is whether that foundational rule of law was supremely violated oh. on January 6, 2021. And let me guess it was, huh? Right, in your opinion? Now, to the question specifically that you asked. Finally, whatever it was. Madam Vice Chair. The formality. I believe that had Vice President Pence obeyed the orders from his president and the president of the United States of America during the joint session of the Congress of the United States. (laughs) 
on does January he have a 6, medical condition? Why does he talk like this? 2021. And declared Donald Trump the next president of the United States. Huh? Notwithstanding. Where are two? That heretofore. Then President Trump. had lost the Electoral College vote. All right, I can't, I can't. I'm well sorry, you the- lost everybody. You, I, uh, just uh, n- good luck with this guy. Uh, I'm putting this out on Twitter right now. Uh, at Greg Kelly USA, if you want to see what all the fuss is about. Broken down jerk ex-judge Mike Ludig pretending he's the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court. Sorry, Mikey, you had that little problem that kept you off the bench. Uh, turn up the volume one more time. What? I believe would have been tantamount to a revolution within a constitutional crisis in America, which in my view, and I'm only one man. No kidding would have been the first constitutional crisis since the founding of the republic. All right, wait a second. Now they say constitutional crisis every other week on the fake news, right? Donald Trump took a phone call. It's a constitutional crisis, right? Uh, Donald Trump uh, went to uh, Moscow uh, for a beauty contest. It's a constitutional crisis. Uh, uh, I just, I just, that's amazing. You know who's right behind him, by the way? Officer Gunnell. Gunnell was one of those phony Capitol Hill cops. The one who said, I took an oaf. The one who said that Republican Congress people are a disgrace and they should not be Congress no more. It was just, and he's sitting there right behind this judge, almost like he's a bodyguard. <laughs> <laughs> now, what is their end game here? They're losing in the court of public opinion to the extent that the public is watching or listening. What is it? What is it? What's going on? What do they want to do? They got to be poised to do something bad. I don't like it. All right, do me a favor, stick around. Ooh, I got some news about Eric Adams and some other issues. Be right back. Kelly, Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. He's just a guy in a suit. He's just a guy in a suit. He's a, in a rumpled suit. In a terrible rumple Just looks terrible. Hey, this is really great. We have a new member of Congress. She just beat an incumbent Democrat in a special election. Her name is Myra Flores. Have you heard about her? She's, uh, well, she was born in Mexico. She came here legally. She's a great citizen, great American, great patriot, supporter of Trump. And she knocked a Democrat out. You know, we got this great big red wave. I don't like that term anymore. I just, look, we're going to win. And she's going to help us 
Take Back the House. And I like her a lot. She just won. Cut 48, if you don't mind. Cut 48. I'm Myra Flores. I was born in Burgos, Tamaulipas, Mexico. Now I am living my American dream. But liberal policies from Washington are tearing our community apart. As a wife of a Border Patrol agent, I pray for his safety now more than ever. I'm Myra Flores, and I approve this message because we must secure our borders and keep our families safe. Well, um, I like her, and she's got a big future. And she was born in Mexico. And that's fine. If you come here legally, you support American values. It doesn't matter what you look like. Quite frankly, it doesn't matter where you were born. And that's what the left does not understand about us, about MAGA, all right? It's not about what you look like. It's about the content of your character. And you know why? Have you noticed? You don't hear about Martin Luther King all that much anymore. He's very passe. The liberals don't like him because they think it's all about what you look like, all about what you present to the world. Physically, no, no, boy, oh boy, we could use a Martin Luther King type guy right now. And you know what? If you want a Martin Luther King type guy in a way, I know you're going to be, but Trump got a lot in common. Listen, do me a favor this weekend, instead of Juneteenth, look up Donald Trump's January, I'm sorry, July 4th speech from 2020. It is the greatest speech I believe possibly ever given by an American president in its awesome celebration of all things American and what we are and who we are, where we came from and who's welcome here. Everybody, if you come here legally and you believe in the Constitution and you're ready to defend it, it's just, it's great stuff and a celebration of, uh, it's almost like indirectly, oh, by the way, parenthetically, it's a celebration of diversity, but he's not focusing on the diversity, he's focusing on the achievements of people. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. All right. Hey, real quick, let's go to uh, Sal. No, let's go to Joy in Brooklyn. Hi, Joy. Hi, good afternoon. You caught me just as I was chewing a grape, so I have to swallow it really quick. <laughs> but I was calling to say that your comments on Juneteenth, Juneteenth is something that America should want to celebrate because America represents ideals where we can all change. Slavery ended, ended, they still had slaves who were remaining in the slave of Texas, and they freed them. That's something we should all be able to celebrate, to show that we can transition from one thing that was bad to another thing that was good. Well, if you were, if, 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 if you were, Joy, if you were, like, making that case, I wish you did a year ago, because that's not the case that was made. It wasn't. And if you think that that's what they're really celebrating, it's not. All right? Quite frankly, it's obscure. It is an obscure day, and it happened in multiple places. As you know, it didn't happen all at once at the same time. Um, You know, Barack Obama, I went back and looked at his comments on Juneteenth. You know, there were years where he never mentioned Juneteenth. He'd go on The Tonight Show and crack jokes. He, Why is it that Juneteenth, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Joe Biden was in office for 50 years, never mentioned Juneteenth. Why do you think it came about just so suddenly, just like that? Joy. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I, when I was saying something, I wasn't sure if I was muted. What I was saying that while it is true that it was happening throughout the country, there was a special history behind Texas. All right. I want to I want to put that. Do me a favor. The merit. It's great that the slaves were freed. But I have another question for you. Why? 
was it that in 2020, suddenly, out of nowhere, it became one of the hottest issues overnight, essentially, overnight? Remember, Trump was going to have that rally in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and all of a sudden it became the most sacred day. And how could he? That's why it became a big deal, because they wanted to sabotage his first rally. They wanted to do anything they could to undermine it. I mean, I, you know what's you know what Juneteenth is now, and maybe you did back then, but most people most people did not, and actually to this day most people do not. And oh, by the way, we have a we have another three day weekend in two weeks, basically with July Fourth. So let me just ask you this again: Why do you think it became an issue in twenty twenty? I think that it became an issue in 2020 just because of everything else that was taking place at that time in the nation due to George Floyd. But I must say that Juneteenth is something that was well known amongst African-Americans in the community. It depends I who you I mean, it, through the community. Be- I, I, I respectfully I disagree. No. I, I mean, and it quite frankly, you know, there are things that we don't get. We don't get St. Patrick's Day off, do we? All right. We don't get St. Patrick's Day off. Now we get Juneteenth off. We're taking too many days off, by the way. Our productivity, all these kinds of things. You know, we're just a bunch of lazy louts, America, especially the Generation Z. Giving them all that money to stay home. They never, they don't want to come back to work. And they think they're heroes just for showing up at the office. I've noticed that a lot lately. So, listen, we can agree to disagree. You say you brushed over it. I mean, yeah, George Floyd, and you say everything else that was going on in the country— You know what was going on in the country? An effort to stop Trump at all costs. And this was an issue, a phony, cheap issue to use against him. Juneteenth, I'm sorry, Joy. It was, it did not come about the way it should. We could have had a conversation about it. We could have talked about, you know, Martin Luther King didn't happen overnight, as you know, right? There were, there was a, there was, Arizona didn't want to recognize it. There was all kinds of debate. There was, it took years to make that happen. Overnight, I submit to you that it was done as a wedge issue, a cultural wedge issue. And it wasn't to celebrate what happened on Juneteenth. It was to denigrate and misportray Trump as not understanding or even being a racist. That's how I feel, Joy. Uh, I appreciate your comments. Anything else you want to tell me besides this Juneteenth stuff? Or you can say something else. I don't care. No, it was it was really just about that, and that's your opinion, and I understand why you may feel that way. However, obviously, I can't speak for every black in America, but this was well known. And let me say this. That could only have been used as a weapon if we shy away from things. If these things were just a part of American um, teaching, it really wouldn't be an issue. We would know July 4th. We would know Juneteenth. No, no, I'm, I'm sorry. We, you know what you know we, what we know? We have President's Day. I knew about the Emancipation Emancipation Proclamation in kindergarten, okay? And we can pretend, you know, we can. I think it's I think it's a phony discussion. It was a cheap discussion that we had instead of a real discussion. Not you and me, but the country. And we had a cheap discussion so we could avoid having a consequential, powerful, important conversation about race. And uh, just such a lost opportunity. And uh, all right, Joy, to be continued, I appreciate it. Let's go one more. We got Eileen in Rockland County. Eileen, yes, hello. Hi, Greg. It's um, Eileen from Rockland County. Um, good show, as always. Um, my opinion on Juneteenth is, as Archie Bunker would put it, <laughs> it's a bunch of crap all the Wait a second. Wait a second. That was a pretty good Archie, but what did he say? 
What would what did you say he said? Say it again. It's a bunch of crap. Oh, Edith. Huh? Okay, that was almost too good. A bunch of crapola, you say. Well, look. That's right, Greg. All right, stop doing that. <laughs> it's too good. It's too good. Uh, can you do? Uh, can you do uh, Mrs. Bunker, Edith, Archie? Archie. Very good. Yeah. All right. All right. Excellent. Well, Excellent. You're my Muhammad Ali. Excellent. Yeah. What about him? He's Muhammad Ali. I use decon fogon. Kills bugs dead. Because <laughs> I hate bugs. All right, all right. Give me one more. No, I'm going to do Wiley Ryan. Uh, uh, I okay, want all right. Donald Trump to pick Rita Cosby as his vice president when he runs in 2020. Now I know I'm you're a kook. Now I know you're a prank phone caller. Hey, I love I'm Rita. I love I love Rita, but uh, she's not going to be the next vice president. No, I prank scam artists, but I'm not pranking you, brother. <laughs> okay, thank you. Why no, do you no want? Way. Why do you I've think Rita? Prank my fellow Republicans. All right, thank you, thank her. you. I have a feeling this might be Rita herself. All right, thanks, thanks so much. Uh, uh, that's funny. Uh, one more time. Oh gosh, they're still looking at this broken down judge in the rumpled suit. Every every conservative wanted this guy on the Supreme Court. I'm sorry it didn't happen, but now he gets to pretend that he's like the ultimate judge on all this stuff. He's not. He's just a guy in a rumpled suit. Is he still talking like a half mile a minute? Let me listen to this. Uh, is not only a work in progress for the country, but at this moment in history, uh, an important work in progress that needs to take place that was long-winded i understand yeah well judge ludig at the risk of oversimplifying for the non-lawyers who are watching is it fair to say that the 12th amendment basically says two things happen the vice president opens the the certificates and the electoral votes are counted is it that straightforward i would take that as a no I would not want that See? to be my testimony before the Congress of the United States. Busted. The language of the 12th Amendment is that simple. Thank you, Judge. Uh, Mr. Jacob, I have a question for you. Uh, I All right, enough, your- enough, 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 enough. Basically... He disagreed with him. It's not that simple. The vice president had more optionality. I like saying optionality somehow. It sounds better than options. Uh, Now, who is this guy? Oh, who cares what some lawyer for Mike Pence thought? It's his opinion. It's one guy. He has no jurisdiction here. None. The Supreme Court, baby. We have it for a reason. Right? Kind of? Sort of? Right? Um... Hey, Joe uh, celebrated gay pride at the White House yesterday and um, brought in a high school kid to make some political points through. Cut 42, if you don't mind. Cut 42. I fear other students in Florida and across the country would not be able to get the same support because of hateful legislation like the Don't Say Gay Bill. I've been proud to work side by side with fellow students and allies in the community to fight back against this legislation 
that seeks to make schools in my state a more dangerous and hostile place to be LGBTQ+. Mm-hmm. Wow. Starts, uh, starts out early. Gets to go to the White House and lie his ass off. 18 years old. Uh, he was, he's going to FIT. You may see him around New York. Say hi to Javier. Seemed like a nice guy other than his, uh, his political views. Totally corrupted by the left. Uh, I noticed he was wearing a turtleneck in the middle of June. A uh, very hot day yesterday. Hey, Charlie Sheen, did you see this? His daughter is doing one of those, uh, you know, at-home porn sites. Have you heard of OnlyFans? Oh, yeah, yeah. This is ridiculous. This is really sad, and it's happening. You have um, girls can, I guess once they turn 18, can turn on their computer, and a bunch of horny guys all over the world will watch and pay money to see them take off their top. And, like, lots of girls are doing this. You know, there was a time, if you wanted to have a life in pornography— you had to jump through a hell of a lot of hoops, and most people just weren't going to do that. I mean, first you had to move to California, right? Or maybe if you grew up there, a lot of the porn stars do come from California. Hey, by the way, I do have to acknowledge something before I rip on the porn industry, which I do think is rippable. I do think it's um, awful, the effect of pornography, especially on 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 men, Uh, It's negative, I think, for the women who produce it. It's also negative for the women who are in relationships with men who watch this stuff all day long. It creates mm, unrealistic expectations, perhaps, in the bedroom, all kinds of things. And, yes, I have looked at it, so I don't want to say that I, uh, I guess I speak from experience that this stuff is junk, all right, and it's ruining people, ruining lives. And now, you know, Woody Allen, you had to go to the actual store. You had to make eye contact with somebody to buy this crap. And very few people were willing to do that. Well, now junior high school girls are willing to do it because it's right there. It's like air. It's, it's, it's everywhere all the time. And we are in trouble. Do me a favor. Give me a quick break. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey. You know, they really want to demonize the big oil companies, uh, make them the enemy, not themselves. The Biden administration, who screwed up everything, they invited, essentially, uh, Putin into Ukraine. Uh, losing in Afghanistan, setting the conditions for this. uh, Well, it looks like we're in a recession right now. Um, And Joe, do me a favor. Listen to this and tell me, do you sense what I sense? Jealousy when he talks about all the money that big oil is making, namely Exxon. All right, listen to this. Cut 44. We're going to make sure that everybody knows Exxon's profits. Why don't you tell them what Exxon's profits were this year, this quarter? Exxon made more money than God this year. More money than God. I don't never like that. More money than God this year. No, no, that's not the way a president should speak. All right. Especially one who said everything was going to be normal again with him. Hey, you know who's very traditional when it comes to, uh, well, presidents in many ways? Um, Donald Trump. In that, he was extremely famous and influential for decades before being considered for the big job. That's the way traditionally it works. 
That's the way it worked. Uh, well, let's see. Ronald Reagan, household name famous for a very, very long time. Jimmy Carter was an exception. Gerald Ford had been in politics for decades. Nixon, everybody knew who Nixon was, and so on and so on. JFK, actually, you know, even though he was young, he had been nationally famous for almost 20 years, right? Obama and George W. Bush come out of nowhere, right? They come out of literally nowhere. That's that's the exception. But uh, here's Donald Trump. All the way back in 1980, is it 81? 1980. In 1980, he's only, depending upon when, he turns 34 years old in 1981. I'm sorry, in 1980, 34. He was born in 46. So he's not even old enough to be president. Yet there's already an air, an aura about this guy that maybe he could be president. And he would get asked all the time. Listen to his answer. It's very thoughtful. And he seems to be talking about somebody we know. Cut 47. Would you like to be the president of the United States? I really don't believe I would, Ronald, but I would like to see somebody as the president who could do the job. I would dedicate my life to this country, but I see it as being a mean life. And I also see it as somebody with strong views and somebody with the kind of views that are maybe a little bit unpopular, which may be right, but may be unpopular, wouldn't necessarily have a chance of getting elected against somebody with no great brain but a big smile. No great brain but a big smile. That does sound like somebody we know, doesn't it? Huh? (laughs) I put a picture up at Great Kelly USA of Joe Biden, typical guy smiley, Politician, just a picture of him in a suit circa 1979, something like that. And I put two words, empty suit. Remember when that was a, that was a kind of a, people use that as a pejorative and it really worked. You know, a guy who looks great in a suit, but does not have anything else to offer. Big smile, not much of a brain. And that goes for Eric Adams. Wow. I knew he would be bad. I was hopeful that he might surprise us, but he's just as bad. And I told you guys, you can look it up. I was saying this. I was warning everybody, don't vote for him. He's a bum. He has no integrity. He has no ability. And, yep, he is uh, revealing himself. Now I knew that. Now everybody can see it. Little party boy going on the road, going to Beverly Hills, going to Chicago, going to the Hamptons, raising money. You know, it's one thing, Bloomberg, and you announce, uh, look, everybody, I uh, I have my own jet and I'll be going to, you know, Bermuda on Friday and coming back on Sunday. We all live with that. We could, it, it, fine. Hey, it's your jet. It's your money. It's your house. But every time Eric goes somewhere or any of these crummy politicians, they always have to borrow crap. They always have to, you know, be loaned something. Hey, there's a debate tonight on Channel 4. The Democrats uh, for governor, Tom Swazi and Kathy Hochul, and who's the other? Jamani Williams. I would take even Jamani Williams over Kathy Hochul. I'm actually pulling for Tom Swazi, at least on the Democrat side. I think that would be great. Um, but Kathy is, I thought it got weird. She's so strange. She's She's like one of these women who's always looking at herself in the mirror. I mean, you can see in the photographs, there's this real narcissistic thing going on with her. Um, and tonight it's going to be on Channel 4. I don't like these guys. Melissa Russo and David Ussery, nice people, but boy, oh boy, we should talk to Curtis about this. They totally 
rigged the debate when he was up against Eric Adams. Do you remember that? They wouldn't let him uh, have follow-ups. They wouldn't. You know, when you're running a debate, you really want the candidates to engage. You want them to debate. You want them to disagree, not follow our silly 30 seconds, 15 seconds for rebuttal. Excuse me. The, the bell went off. No, you just want these guys talking a lot. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. All right. I got to go for a moment, but I, before I do, Anne on Staten Island, hello. Hi, Greg. How are you? All right. Listen, I saw um, on Twitter your daughter. She is gorgeous. She looks like you. And I just want to tell you, watch them because they run quick. And um, another thing, yesterday you commented on uh, the judge, Kavanaugh. I think that something was planned so that they start putting more uh, liberals on the bench. I just have a bad feeling. I had a bad feeling with January 6th. They purposely shot Ashley Babbitt, and I still grieve. I pray for her and her family, and I love what you do for her. And another thing, do you really think that President Trump has a chance? I'm very worried for him and his family. I really am. He comes the 15th of July now, uh, that crooked, uh, you know, district of whatever her name is. Uh, you know, him and his two sons. I'm very upset. I love him. I understand the McGurkin. I I feel the same way. I would be concerned myself. I think sometimes these Democrats would rather destroy this country than have to see him in the White House again. Having said that, I think he will come back. I think he can come back, and I think we're all going to be okay. So hang in there, Ann. I appreciate it. There's the music. Back after the break. Greg Kelly. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, I'm I'm sorry. They they got this Bush appointed judge, ex judge, and they're acting like he's uh, like he's uh, Ben Franklin come to life, and everything he says is golden. It's not. He's a guy in a rumpled suit. Um, listen to this for a moment. I think he's having a medical episode of some kind. Have said is the inartful wording of that sentence in the 12th Amendment. Scholars before 2020 would have used that historical precedent to argue not that Vice President Pence could overturn the 2020 election by accepting non-certified state electoral votes. But they would have made arguments as to some substantive, not merely procedural, authority possessed by the Vice President of the United States on on the, the statutorily prescribed day for counting okay. the electoral Okay, uh, that's vote. enough. I just, oh, geez, oh, goodness gracious. At the end of the day, this guy is just a guy in a suit. He's not a judge. He's an ex-judge. He's an ex-appellate court judge. He really, really wanted to be on the Supreme Court. Bad. Uh, But George W. always went with somebody else. Who did he go with first? Remember uh, Harriet Myers? Yeah. Yeah, he went with his favorite librarian, Harriet Myers. And then he, uh, who did he actually pick there? uh, Oh, John Roberts and... uh, who was the other one? Who was Bush's other one? Uh, 
Uh, why can't I think of that right now? Alito, Alito. They were so mean to him that uh, his wife ran out of the room. It was really, really terrible. Hey, why do we have so many Australians and English people covering politics in America? Hmm? Why can't, I mean, I, I just, all right, if they're citizens, that's great. People have accents, that's great. I am going to admit it's my own bias. I just, there's something about the English accent that just grinds my gears. And I can't tell if this guy's from England or Australia. You tell me. Is Jonathan Swan cut 53, please? Cut 53? What, what do you see in Nevada? Do you see a theme yet, or do you wait till tomorrow on that? Well, it's a hugely important race, and this is re- Republicans regard Nevada as probably their top pickup opportunity in November. Wow, very regard Nevada as a pickup opportunity in November. Of course, no wonder why he's on the fake news. That's incredible insight. Wow, wow. Here's what I don't like about the guy: he busted Trump's chops like crazy during the campaign. Trump had him into the White House in the summer of 2020, and. You'll hear the contempt in the in Swan's voice, this Australian's voice. But what's worse, you won't be able to see it. The faces he's making at him, such terrible faces, right at his, right at the president. Cut fifty four. There are those that say you can test too much. You do know that. Who says that? Oh, just read the manuals, read the books. Manuals? Read the books. Read the books. What books? What testing does? Wait a minute. Let me me explain. A thousand Americans are dying a day, but I understand. I understand on cases, it's different. No, but you're not reporting it correctly, Jonathan. I think I am, but... It never reached my desk because... Do you read your recent brief? I do. do I you? read a lot. Really? You know, I read a lot. They like to say I don't read. I read a lot. Uh, you read your I, daily I comprehend intelligence brief? Ex- I have never discussed it with them, no. I would. I'd have no problem with it. But you don't believe but you know, the intelligence. It never it's because you don't believe the intelligence. That's why. The U.S. troop level in Afghanistan right now is roughly the same as it was no, when you... No, you're wrong. No. Mr. President, I'm sorry. We have to do... Okay, are you ready? No, no, I'll we'll be down in a very short... It's already planned. Well, well that's, the, that's a different Let question. Me... You know, who has access to more information? Jonathan Swan and his iPhone or the President of the United States? That's one thing they could never get around there. They just never get their heads around it, that the President might have better, more current information, information they can't get. They always like because they always have to cite their friends in the fake news. It's not it's not news. It's not real until one of their friends writes a little article and you can find it on 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 the Internet. You can find it on Twitter. Then it's somehow reality. But before that, no, there's no evidence. No, it's baseless. Mr. President, what you're saying is baseless. And even worse, it's a big lie. Ooh. by the way, you can't say big lie anymore on CNN. The new guy has said uh, that's against the rules. So you have to say Trump's big lie. You got to call it Trump, Trump's lie. Trump's uh, that's that's how they're going to find their way around that one. They still can't stand him over there. There is a new boss, Chris Licht. He seems like a good guy. All right. Right now, everybody in Congress should turn themselves in (laughs) for ripping us off. At least those who are sitting on this panel. Here we are a year and a half after January 6th, listening to Mike Pence's legal advisor, some lawyer. Go ahead. One more time. Um, suspending the joint session for the first time in history in order to try to get a different outcome from state legislatures. Despite the fact that the vice president had a strongly held and correct view that he could not decide the outcome of the election, President Trump launched a multi-week campaign 
of both public and private pressure to get the Vice President Mike Pence to violate the Constitution. No, 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 no. Don't you be so troublesome toward me. No, that's not true. And I know they want you to think that there's only one way to look at these. Look at the Electoral Count Act of 1887. There's not. We have an adversarial system. I don't know why it's been suddenly suspended. Why no one with another point of view is welcome into this hearing. Why? Well, I think they they like to call it gaslighting. They're gaslighting everybody. They want us and you to think there's only one way to look at this and that Trump was some sort of maniac out of control, just like they told us, uh, you know, Russia collusion, the Ukraine phone call, all that stuff. He's con- They're just dirtying, dirtying him up all over again. And it's not right. Hold the phone, everybody. Carlotta is here from Staten Island. Where have you been? Hello. Oh, wow. You, just in time, my smoke alarm went off and it just stopped. Okay. Three things. Do you really think that we're in danger of becoming another Venezuela, given that they were the fourth wealthiest nation in the world when this nonsense craziness took over? Yes. Second, uh, too social, your mom, get off Twitter. And the third thing, escapism. Watch the private life of Sherlock Holmes. It's just delightful. Uh, what was he into? I want to tell me what what his thing was before I invest all that time. Oh no, it was just a remastered in Technicolor. It was an old film, and it, it's just delightful. It's pure escapism. Mm. Well, give me the gist of it. What was he into? The private life of Sherlock Holmes sounds interesting. What was he all about? It was all about the one woman that he could have loved. I mean, it was just nonsense, but it was a beauty. It was visually beautiful. Mm. Uh, all right. Uh, he was big into those clues. Does he have a magnifying glass in the movie? Yes, he has everything. All right. The private affairs of Sherlock Holmes, right? The private life. The private life of Sherlock Holmes. It's it's really it's just a very uh, it's a very suggestive title, if you know what I mean, right? No, I mean, no, no. it was directed by Billy Wilder, as a matter of fact. Oh, I like that Billy Wilder. He directed. Uh, oh, I cannot think of it. Double Indemnity. Possibly my yes. favorite movie. Very scary. Yes. Uh, all exactly. right. Exactly. So yep. It's just a very well done escapism film. All right. Good stuff. Thank you so much. Uh, oh, I just love these old clips of Joe Biden being a racist. I'm sorry. It's amazing that they say Donald Trump is a racist. He is the least racist person you have ever seen. And that's true. Meanwhile, Joe Biden is possibly the most racist person. I've never in, norm- in ordinary life heard anyone speak like this ever this is one of the worst things i think i've ever heard i think i remember one uh, i'll get back to what i remember that was racist in my own life but first cut 49 it's a long way until november we got more questions you got more questions but i tell you if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or trump and you ain't black now wait a second i never even heard that port first part that's charlemagne to god right charlemagne and he's saying, we've got questions, so, you know, come back and we'll ask you some questions. I never heard the part where he dismisses the questions. Yeah, you got questions. Oh, boy. Did we ever get Charlemagne's reaction to this? Can I hear that one more time? Cut 49, please. Here's, here's uh, Joe Biden, the racist. It's a long way until November. We got more questions. You got more okay. questions. But I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. 
Now, why wasn't the campaign over right then and there, huh? Why wasn't it over? He should have been driven from the race. Man, oh, man. That and everything that they're doing to prop him up. You can't. He is incompetent. He is a racist. He knows nothing. And they're moving heaven and earth to cover all of that up and also to exert real power. He doesn't know what he's doing. They're changing this country. Like Carlotta said, we are on a trajectory to, we could be Venezuela. How many people live in Venezuela? It's a very big country. Like, I think it's like 150 million people. It's like half the size of America. That's, uh, that could happen. Can you imagine that? Inflation there? No food? I mean, they, they have people starving. in What's the population? Did you find? How many? Oh, 28. Wow, I was way off. Uh, all right, that's tiny. That's tiny compared to us. Well, uh, I'm still concerned, aren't you? And I'm more concerned about that than, uh, than January 6th, okay, than this stuff. Cut 50. On this point, there is no room for debate. Those who invaded our capital and battled law enforcement for hours were motivated by what President Trump had told them, that the election was stolen and that he was the rightful president. President Trump summoned the mob, assembled the mob, and lit the flame of this attack. All right. Now, that's not true. It's not true. Peacefully, patriotically, we're allowed to have, we're allowed to talk like this. But if you want to follow her logic, her logic that the president can motivate, even though he didn't say what she's saying, he said, here's something they said, the Democrats and the media, over and over again. And this has led categorically, you can totally trace it. It happened. They started talking like this. And cops started dying. Cut 51. Calls for justice after videos show a white police officer killing a black man in Michigan. Newly released video shows a white police officer shooting and killing an unarmed black man. Police are supposed to protect and serve, but it's clear that they are protecting the beneficiaries of inherent racist policies. And of course, cities have to end the racist policing of black communities. That's where we all started. They're not about one bad cop or one good guy with a gun. Or They're about systemic racism. So you say that over and over again, and you see you got maniacs opening fire on cops. You have even ordinary people just defying police, ordinary commands. Excuse me, can I have a word with you? Can I see some identification? Why? Why? Right? Because they're the police and they're supposed to have authority in a civil society. We need them. No. We took, snatched the rug out from under them with all that crap. And it continues 24-7. They're going to pretend that all that talk hasn't led to dead cops like the two outside of Los Angeles? Like those two up in Harlem? Shot on sight? Drumming it over and over and over again that this is bad. Where are the hearings on that? Where are the hearings on that? We still talk about this one day in January of, you know, pretty soon it's going to be two years, what is it, 2020, that's last year, year, 18 months, and they have the nerve right now. These people are taking money. They're actually getting paid to waste time, our time. Give me a moment. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Washington was a slave owner. 
Was George Washington a slave owner? So will George Washington now lose his status? Are we going to take down, excuse me, are we going to take down, are we going to take down statues to George Washington? How about Thomas Jefferson? What do you think of Thomas Jefferson? You like him? Okay, good. Are we going to take down the statue? Because he was a major slave owner. Now we're going to take down his statue. So you know what? It's fine. You're changing history. You're changing culture. (laughs) That was in 2017. Wow. And people thought he was ridiculous. Come on. We're not talking about that. No, it's never going to happen. It's happening. It is happening. Even George Washington University, GW in Washington, D.C., uh, it's a pretty decent school. Uh, a lot of people go there who couldn't get into Georgetown yet want to be in Washington. Uh, it's got a great hospital. Ronald Reagan was treated there after he got shot by John Hinckley, who, by the way, can't go to Brooklyn anymore. They canceled his big show. Hey, do we have any John Hinckley music? I heard it on the radio today. He's really bad. He is one bad guy. And it's funny that all these liberal woke hipsters uh, sold out his show. They want to they want to go see the gunman's show. They hate guns, but they want to go see John Hinckley. That is totally, uh, that makes no sense. So anyway, uh, GW got rid of the Colonials, their mascot, the Colonial, and they got rid of the guy who came out at the football games, you know, a little puppet, a little kind of Muppet thing that looked like um, uh, George Washington. He's gone. He is gone. So now what? What are they going to come up with? They're going to come up with a, a mascot that makes everybody feel good and unites the university. Some kid, some punk kid who doesn't want to be uncomfortable no matter what. You know, that that's the whole thing. That's the magic word, by the way. I'm uncomfortable. He made me uncomfortable. Ooh, really? Sit right down. Mm. Uh, let's have you fill out this report. Tell us more. Really, you felt uncomfortable. If you want to feel comfortable, stay in bed. All right? There are ways to feel comfortable. You go out into the world, you may meet people you disagree with. They may disagree with you. You may find them offensive. They may find you offensive. That, I thought, for a little bit is kind of the the spark of life, right? You don't want everything to be predictable. You want, you know, you just want a little bit of a sense of adventure. You never know what the hell's going to happen. You need a little bit of friction, right? You need a little bit of, uh, to make it all work. You can't just get what you want. You got to fight for it a little bit, hmm? You got that, J-Lo? J-Lo has a new documentary out where she's complaining that she had to fight and claw her way to success. Uh, okay. How How is it supposed to be arranged for you? Uh, Jenny, I thought you were Jenny from the block. Now she's Jenny the aristocrat. Uh, you know, it sounds like she's uh, bitter about you know, her grandmother not giving her the whole inheritance, right? You know how rich people get all worked up about inheritance, right? Um, well, other people do too. You don't have to be rich. But you know that aristocratic, what do you call it, aristocratic um, sense of entitlement that's out there? All right, that's J-Lo. Donald Trump, you were so right. The guy has a special ability, a special, special ability. Joe Biden is uh, special in a in a different way, right? There's something different about his, uh, the way he's special. Cut 55, please. Cut 55. I don't want to hear any more of these lies of reckless spending. We're changing people's lives. Ooh, wow. That was the weirdest speech. It was on, was it on Tuesday? He goes to Philadelphia and it was more of that. It was a whole speech of him yelling and lying and being crazy. And when he's done with it, they go to the media 
Well, tell us, uh, tell us, White House correspondent, what was the president, uh, what was he accomplishing there? And they pretended it was a normal speech. They pretended that that, and, and it's really funny because the audience can see it. Anybody watching can see it. And then you see these guys, these adults wearing neckties, spinning for him, pretending that that was not a train wreck. Uh, cut 56, please. This speech before about as friendly an audience as President Biden will get. Union workers, as he said, brung him uh, to the dance. Uh, was an opportunity for the president to really test some new themes for this midterm election year. He was savoring the opportunity to talk before a friendly union audience. He said from the very beginning of his campaign when he got into the 2020 race that he's a union guy. He wanted to uh, take the opportunity to uh, boast about job creation, low unemployment uh, on his watch to draw sharp contrast with Republicans. Wow. Those terrible Republicans. Uh, Okay, fellas, but (laughs) what about the part a moment ago where I saw Joe Biden having a medical episode? Can I hear that again, please? Whoa. What about this part? This speech before. No. I don't want to hear any more of these lies. Reckless spending. We're changing people's lives. Yeah. I mean, that's 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 the headline. That's a frantic Biden had a meltdown amid numerous gaffes and lies before a labor group in Philadelphia. Take it from there, fellas. All right? That's that's what we want. I mean, that's what happened. That's what happened. Um, I really hope Kathy Hochul loses. She really deserves to lose. And uh, here's another reason why she deserves to lose. She's friends with Eric Adams. Eric Adams endorsed her? Yeah. Uh, and what does she think about that? She's, oh boy, she's so, this is a big deal for her. Kathy Hochul, number one, she got to meet an African-American male, which is very exciting for her. Cut 38, please. Cut 38. I said to the mayor, I will bring my team to work with your team, and together we'll do this. That has not happened before. That is the new day for New York. Shh, calm down, Kathy, please. Uh, cut 39. The mayor entered his office just like I did at a time when people were thirsting for someone to just tell them they're going to be okay. (laughs) Uh, Have you been reassured by Kathy? Uh, You're going to be okay. Remember after the subway shooting? Cut it out. Stop it. She's no Rudy Giuliani. I mean, she's not even a Tom Gulotta. The late Tom Gulotta. He was a good guy, by the way. All right, there's the music. Give me a quick moment. I shall return. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You know, if you read the New York Post or if you're on the Internet for 45 seconds, you'll see some article about somebody getting canceled. Sometimes it's a famous person. Sometimes it's an ordinary individual caught at a very bad moment by somebody with the cell phone camera itching to go viral themselves. And sometimes the moments that uh, are revealed are, well, cancelable. I mean, you know, you see some really awful stuff. I saw something this morning. It was a a woman using horrible language directed at a Chinese person, making fun of them for being Chinese, you know, trying to mimic uh, the Chinese language in a very offensive way and all this stuff. And it went on and on and on and on and on. Um, very bad. The cell phone camera was running. 
And now wherever this person works, um, I'm sure will, well, she's going to be fired by the end of the day. And is that, is that right? It was, certainly wasn't right the way she acted, but I wonder if that was, is that the way? Is it, is it, is it, is it? Now, number one, even though that was hateful conduct, I think it's, I think it's allowed, actually, according to the Constitution. Now, is it a hate crime? I know you could say that stuff. I think you're allowed to say stuff even if it's ugly. You know, you got to have bad if you're going to have good, right? And we've lost our capacity. Oh, here it is, right? Okay. It's pretty ugly stuff. I think something, uh, they messed up her order or something like that. So she was upset. Do we know where this was exactly? Orlando, Florida. All right. See? <laughs> a little a little dust up, a little skirmish in a restaurant in Orlando, and it's international news. I looked at it this morning. It had like three billion hits. Okay? All right. What happened? You are Chinese. Not me. Okay, I got that camera. I got that camera calling me that. You are Chinese. Thank you. You want me to spell it for you? You are Chinese. Okay, thank you. Okay, I have her on camera saying that. Who gives a Call the police. What they gonna do? You're a Chinese. I said in front of them. You're a Chinese. I what? We can trespass you. Ugly stuff, and I heard it without the bleeps, okay? It's ugly, bad stuff. And uh, the way the system works, they'll find out who she is, they already have, and she will be out of a job, and uh, everybody will disown her, and um, is that is that appropriate? Is that the right thing to do? Now, I, I'm not defending what she said, but... I guess I want to say that I think we still need room to make mistakes. Now, let's say she apologizes for this, right? Oh, she never would have apologized if she wasn't caught. I don't know about that. I have done things. I remember I made fun of some girl. I actually made fun. There are a couple of things. You ever think about stuff that you did in the past and you still wince? Ooh, why did I do? Ooh, right? I've got a million of those. A million. It was really nice. I went back to my high school reunion, and I was able to apologize to somebody who I had uh, just ruinously insulted. And she remembered, but it was a really nice moment. And it, well, there was no, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, I wasn't being cyberbullied into doing it. There was no online campaign. The only people in the world who remembered it were me and her. And I got it. It felt great to, quite frankly, apologize. And it felt great that I, I think she really that I think it moved her. Anyway, I got this note the other day from a person. I won't say anything else about them because I have a feeling they want this to remain as confidential as possible. But it was a lovely note. And I thought I'd share it with you. Ooh, gosh, sorry. It came a couple of months ago. I'm way behind on my mail. Dear Greg. I so appreciate your position on cancel culture. I think people who are eager to cancel others need to spend some time looking into the mirror, not to admire themselves, but to be reminded of their own mistakes and past behavior that they're not proud of. I can think of a particular incident that I feel ashamed of. I was in my mid-20s. I am now 60. Wow. 
And I mean, it's interesting to see people carry this stuff around. And I'm grateful that only my therapist and I know what I did. I still can't believe I was capable of acting in such an unkind way. And I continue to make living amends to the group that I harmed. That experience taught me that good people, especially when young, can fall prey to their bad instincts. We all need forgiveness. And we all need to mature and change for the better. Bad behavior sometimes needs to be called out publicly, but things have certainly gone too far with cancel culture. Very truly yours, and it's signed by the author, whose identity will remain a secret. And I got to tell you, I really find that wonderful. We've lost all capacity for forgiveness, it seems. And why why is forgiveness important? We got to forgive others. We need forgiveness too. Oh, man. Interesting. Something happened. She's in her mid-20s, and she still remembers it, just like me. When the hell did that happen with that woman uh, in, high, in high school? It happened sometime before 1987. And then I saw her 20 years. Was it 20 years or 10 years? I saw her at the 10-year reunion. So it wasn't that long. But 10 years later, she remembered it. I apologized. I just called her out in the nastiest way in front of everybody, and I made fun of her in the meanest way. It got a laugh. Oh, it got a laugh. And I remember feeling big, like a big man, big man. And then there's somebody else who I've never managed to apologize to. I thought that they had, this is all back in high school. And people can feel remorse. They can feel guilt. They can feel regret without online harassment. Anyway, because now we're taking out ordinary people. I have if I I've done things that if they were caught online would probably have me canceled. I mean not as an adult I hope, but I remember once there was a kid with a speech impediment and I was I got right I was making fun of him on a ball field. I must have been about 11 years old and I was making fun of him and making fun of him and making fun of him and kids were laughing and kids were laughing and then his mother showed up. And wow, did she straighten me out? And did I feel such shame? I still, wow. But I thank her. I thank her for that. Do you know what I'm talking about? I hope so. Paul and Albertson. Hello, Paul. How are you? Hey, great, Greg. How are you today? All right. So I have I have Trump's 2024 slogan if he runs again. It should be $2 gasoline for America. And he will, he will win in a landslide. That's what he should push. My friend's a big Democrat, would never vote for Trump, and I told her that. And she said, I'll vote for that. So that's my thought for today. Uh, that's beautiful, man. That's very, very beautiful. Hey, where is Albertson? I'm always a little vague on where that place is. Albertson is between Garden City, Wilson Park, and uh, Roslyn. You see? Right off of- Right off the Northern State Parkway. All right. Excellent. Thank you so much. Uh, Sal in Long Island. Yes, Sal. Hey, Greg. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Uh, Mike Pence, we had about seven people uh, screaming and yelling, hang Mike Pence. And then in the other side, you have a United States senator who literally, literally telling people to go and kill Supreme Court justice. And uh, what's her name? Cheney, she has no problem whatsoever with that. You know, you're right. You're so right. We want—you put that next to them. 
you got a bunch of people who haven't been elected to anything running around saying Mike Pence, and they mean it in jest. And there's a sitting U.S. senator. Wow. Uh huh. All right. You're, that's a great point. I'm going to use that tonight. Tell me more. And yeah, and uh, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, it's somebody like me who really, you know, I just work for a living, but it bothers me. It bothers me deeply, and I don't, e- I don't even know how to express myself. That that's how much it bothers me. You know, it's like. And and she's Dick Cheney's daughter. I mean, everybody has to know that that Dick Cheney's daughter. She's the one who's leading everything right now, and everybody's supposed to drop that and listen to her. Yeah, right, you right. Know? Dick Cheney's daughter. I mean, it, that family—they're worth a hundred million dollars for invading the wrong country, giving all those contracts to Halliburton. It is incredible. They are swamp rats. Nobody. He went from broken down drunkard in Wyoming to being vice president of the United States. Who benefited other than him and his family? America? No. Wyoming? Doubtful. Doubtful. You're right. Hang Mike Pence versus uh, you will hear the walls of hell, uh, Brett Kavanaugh. You won't know what hit you. That was far worse, far worse, and far more credible, by the way. Thank you, Sal. Uh, John in Staten Island, yes. Never mind. Mike in the Poconos. Ooh, the Poconos. How far are you from beautiful Mount Airy Lodge? Oh, I would say about 30 miles. Greg, I enjoy your show. Uh, I called the last time, um, 7th Street in Garden City. My dad, rest his soul, 52 years, uh, manager, district manager for Grand Union. Oh, yeah, I remember. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And anyway, I know you're short on time. Uh, Joe Biden, you touched uh, on all points of Joe Biden. He's a shakedown artist with his son, Hunter. Low life, what we're going through now, future generations will still put up with the nonsense. I had to go to Scranton, Pennsylvania uh, two weeks ago. I take these side roads, Greg, and I see a sign for expressway, a little expressway. I get on it. I find out I'm on the Joe Biden expressway. I couldn't wait to get the frig off. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And more than likely, these Democrats, you know, what probably happened, I told friends, Greg, they probably had a ribbon-cutting ceremony for the Joe Biden expressway, maybe, you know, 2.30 a.m., smoke and mirrors. Yeah, let's give them an expressway. Yeah. Oh, please. All right, Greg. Thank you, pal, um, very much. The Joe Biden expressway. I know. we need, He's still alive. Aren't we supposed to wait until these guys are dead before we start naming stuff for them? Really? Do you rem- who remembers the Brendan Byrne Arena? That rubbed me the wrong way because he was still alive when they named it for him. I never could make sense of that. Um, yeah. Now, the Ed Koch Bridge. Hey, are they changing the name? That's another reason why I should run for mayor. I'm going to make sure the Ed Koch Bridge remains the Ed Koch Bridge. All right? I, uh, I'm getting more and more serious about this. All right. I hear so many people, people in positions of power and influence, especially the media, not holding this guy, this bum, accountable. Eric Adams. Why not me? Why not? You know what? <laughs> it would be so much fun. It would be so much fun. I'd make my dad the police commissioner. We'd get the lunatics off the street. We would uh, get the woke crap out of the classroom. What else? We'd take back the subways. I would take back the uh, the streets from the bikers. Enough with these bikes; they're totally out of control. I I maybe come up with a licensing system. If you're gonna if you're gonna ride a bike and go through lights, we're gonna give you tickets for it. 
I mean, I don't want to be a jerk or anything like that, but you guys are running over people. I get rid of those motor scooters. You either ride a motorcycle with a license or no, no more motor scooters in the street. What else could I do? What else? Um, enough with the fooling around with the trash pickup. Uh, congestion pricing, my foot. That needs to go away. Uh, I think we need a... I'm going to come up with a whole bunch of mess of ideas. But I think that's a pretty damn good start. You know, right now, we have these big avenues. And you got two lanes for cars. One lane going north, one lane going... You got a bus lane, you got a special vehicle lane. You got a, you got the skateboard lane, you got the bike lane. What about for cars, huh? And all these degenerates, proactive policing. We need proactive policing back. And and we got to worry about terrorism. Thing I would really love to do is get rid of John Miller, Deputy Commissioner for Counterterrorism, and he's the press secretary. Hmm? And he likes to talk about gun violence. He's like basically this cop buff. All right? I've seen him before. Cops who are... Cop lovers, they're not cops, but they, they, they're they so into it that they they buy all the stuff and, the, you know, buffs. I mean, a little bit like model railroad guys, and I'm a model railroad guy, all right? I like that, but it's just, no, they're, they're just not, it's just, they're kind of weird, all right? And he should not be, pick one job or the other. From what I can tell, he's not good at any of them, all right? And I think we need to have a real police commissioner. And we need a mayor who stays in New York and doesn't go on exotic vacations and isn't raising money for re-election three months in, okay? And isn't shaming reporters for looking white or black or Asian, hmm? And isn't trying to uh, take supermodels to bed every night and going to silly parties that I went to 15 years ago. You haven't gotten that out of your system yet, Eric? Well... (laughs) You got the. This is the biggest opportunity you will ever have. Forget this presidential stuff. It ain't gonna happen. And you're going out hanging with Cara Delevingne, going to Ghana. Silly, silly, silly stuff. There's real world. We got real world challenges. How about this? You know what I do? I go to Barack Obama of all people. Yes, I would. I say Barack, you made a billion dollars, right? Okay. How about? You get serious about that stuff you said in 2008 about fathers in the black community not sticking around. As you said, and as you know, any fool can have a father. Any fool can make a child, rather. But being a father, that's hard. That's really hard. You got to stick around. You got to work. And uh, too many in the African-American community don't seem to be down for that work. You could really help, and you could also, you know all these violence interrupters? You know they're all scam artists for the most part. You know that. You know that. But you, with your pedigree and with your resources, we could stop, we could start the uh, Barack Obama Violence Interrupter Center. We could have one in Brownsville. We could have one in, uh, we could have one in the South Bronx. We could, wherever, we'll, we'll, we'll map it out. Hmm? What do you say? Hey, maybe I would. Maybe I would. I know we have nothing in common, Barack Obama, except we love children, don't we? We do. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
here we go again. Oh, everybody's praising Mike Pence. Oh, he was a profile in courage. Oh, he did such a good job. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm not. No. No, 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 no. A wooden stick figure, totally unimag- unimaginative, totally cowed by the uh, the fake news. And, and no, I don't think so at all. And, oh, by the way, he faked us all out. He indicated a couple of days before that he would give us all a full and fair hearing. And uh, if he was familiar with the Electoral Count Act of 1887, he or if he wasn't, he needs to go to more people than his than his own lawyer. All right? You, you just don't go to one. This is an issue for all of us, man. All of us, the entire country. This should have gone to the Supreme Court. There are multiple ways of looking at this. And this hearing, here they come in again. Oh, all self-important. Look at these people. Benny Thompson, followed by Liz Cheney. They think they're all that. Man, oh, man, oh, man. Desperate, desperate, desperate to make this into something. Adam Schiff, Kinzinger. How can Adam Schiff show his face in public after all of the lies, right? How can he? How does he still get away with it? Lori in Harlem, hello. Hello there, Greg. How are you? I'm terrific. I love your show. Thank you, thank I you. I called, putting in an effort of time. I know you got to go soon. I got I time. Don't worry about it. What's oh, okay, up? Okay, great. I love your show, and I'm glad for the new time slot. I called to comment on that. Mm. You gave a very concise and great overview of your show, especially for those people in time zones that probably were not watching you at the 7 p.m., uh, slot and I think it's you captured every aspect of your show from day one. You have a very good show. You're not afraid to touch any topic, and it is such a great show. And I like the ten o'clock sh- slot because it's like at the end of the day we have you to make sure that you've covered all the issues of the day. And I feel so confident that Greg Kelly's on the case. I love your dad. I live in Harlem. Uh, all my life, I don't like what's going on in this city, but I'm so glad you, Bernie and Sid, and this whole station, thanks to John Castamatidis, you're here to give us the truth, and I just love this station. But I also just want to say, you have a beautiful family, and before I hang up, I have a Bible verse I want to leave with you, and I also love that you're a man of God, and you're not afraid to talk about God, which is what's missing not only in families, but in all jurisdictions, schools, just in general in, in, in the world today, especially in this country. It's like they put God to the side. So if you want, I can read it to you. I can give you the verse, and you can read it later. Wow, Lori, first of all, thank you so much for saying all that. It's so beautiful. And do me a favor, two things. Tell me the verse, and then if you would, please read it to us all. I'll read it. I will read it to you. Psalms 20, verse 4, and this is for you and your family. May he grant you your your heart's desire and fulfill all your plans. Very simple and straight. I uh, wish you the best, Greg, and I wish our city the best. We could be on the phone for an hour with the way I feel about things. So. Well, you know, you're amazing. Can I ask you this? Are you a native New Yorker? Oh, yes, I am. Born and raised. <laughs> Born in Long Island. A long time ago. What town, Long Island? Oh, God. Uh, back then, it was uh, I was born in Meadowbrook, Long Island. Long story, but it was the town of Hempstead. But my family, I ended up here in the city, and uh, I'm, you know, yes, 
in Hempstead, but born and raised in the city of Harlem, lived in the Bronx, lived in various areas of New York City. And are you retired? Are you working? I worked for Wall Street. Well, we are... After 9-11, I never went back. I I can understand. Uh, Listen, we are privileged to have you as a listener and a viewer, and I'll remember this forever. Psalm 20, verse 4. That's one of the uh, that's one of the best ones. <laughs> it's the stuff that. Uh, repeat it one more time, if yes. you don't mind. Oh sure, may he grant you your heart's desire and fulfill all your plans. All right, now I got to keep reading the Bible, of course, because uh, uh, there's stuff that we got to do to make sure that Psalm twenty verse four come true. Of right, he wants uh, he, he wants a few things from us too. Yeah, real quick, being a Christian. It's uh, it's it, it's a marathon. It's it's not something that we can do. There's a term I have, but I can't think of it right now. It's a marathon. It's not just a walk through the park. It's ongoing, and each day something different in the Bible applies to us. Well, I'm so glad. You know, marathon, that's interesting. Sometimes I've likened it to getting into shape. It's gradual. It takes a while. And, you know, you may mess up, and you may eat junk food, and you may kick yourself, and... Uh, but you can keep on track. I like it to a marathon. Thank you so much, uh, Lori. Keep in touch. I will see you tonight at 10 o'clock on the Newsmax Show. And uh, to all of you, and to John Casamitidis, thank you for mentioning him. He is why we are. Thank you, John. Thank you, Walt. Thank you, Rich. I'll see you tonight. All the best. Hi, it's Lou Dobbs for Priority Gold, America's precious metals dealer. These are volatile times with high inflation, soaring debt, wars on multiple continents, and rising financial stress. Central banks are buying gold to diversify their reserves, so are many Americans. Call Priority Gold and find out how precious metals can help you diversify your portfolio. They're highly rated and happy to help. Call 1-866-303-6357 or get a free gold guide at PriorityGoldGuide.com. That's Priority. PriorityGoldGuide.com.